Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, May 17th, 2021. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma Fucking Gettys. What's up, Bless? How you doing? Doing good, man. How you doing? Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. You know what else is damn good? Our guest. Damn good. Damn good. Hey. We usually don't do this. We have a third. Yeah, we got yeah. GameSpot's Tamor Hussein. Oh, Tim, thank you for that. Thank you for that. That's made my day. Uh, and thank you for having me on, everyone. Appreciate it. Of, of course. course. Of course. We appreciate you being on. I hit you very I hit you up very short notice. Literally this morning, I was like, Tim, would you would you want to come through? Uh, because you're actually at kind of the center, kind of at the start of what the big weed news story is for today. Uh, and so I don't want to waste too much time before we get into it. And so I'm going to get into the rigmarole. We're going to talk about it. Today's big stories include big games media outlet support for Palestine, Starfield being a 2022 Xbox exclusive, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live and correct us when you get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kinda Funny Games daily. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, or bronze members or above, get to write in, and silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post-show. Housekeeping for you, it's Monday, which means there's a buttload of new content up and available right now. Uh, This morning, the first part of Greg and Tim's Epic Emily is a Way 3 Let's Play went up on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames with uh, editing touches by our homeboy, Roger Bacorny. You for sure check that out. Please check it out. It is the Emily is a way let's plays that we do at kind of funny are some of the best content that we ever put out. I'm so happy that oh, uh, number three is as good as the others, uh, both the let's play and the game itself. Uh, we were planning to play the entire game in one sitting, but somehow five hours was not enough to even get us halfway. So you can go oh, God, check damn. that out. <laughs> I want to say every time I watch these and there's one, I just want to make it clear like every, when you guys are like. Uh, kind of talking about this one key decision every time the discussion happens in my mind it plays the scene from avengers where uh, dr strange looks at tony and puts up a finger and goes one yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'm like there's one decision that needs to be made here guys you gotta and do I, the right thing i'm totally playing the part of star lord of infinity war where i yep. just mess everything up every <laughs> single time up. and i took like the wrong thing the chaos all right so go check that out again on youtube.com slash kind of funny games also this morning, we got a new episode of the Kind of Funny podcast that went live titled Music We Can't Listen To. And let me tell you, it's my favorite thing to talk about these in the morning because I have no I, I like I don't listen to the Kind of Funny podcast until after they come out. Most of the time I don't listen. But like when they when they do, <laughs> I catch the title uh, and I try to like theorize what the, like how'd you end up on that conversation? And Tim, give me like a preview. What's going on in this in this episode? Uh, you know what? You're just going to have to listen to find out. This was yeah, another episode snap. without Greg Miller. And anytime Greg's not on the KF podcast, we somehow go even more off the rails. I know that feels kind of like antithetical to who Greg Miller is. Uh, but definitely there's there's a magic to when you just get me, Nick and Andy talking shit. And we have Joey for this one, too. So there's that added oh my spice in the life, you know? 
Hell yeah. The content doesn't stop there because over the weekend, our review of Star Wars The Bad Batch Episode 3 went up along with a new episode of Kind of Funny X-Cast, all about the most iconic Xbox moments, celebrating the 20th anniversary of Xbox. You can catch everything on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny, YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, and on podcast services around the globe. But it doesn't stop there. This week, this Friday, we're streaming for the Palestine Children's Relief Fund. That's happening 11 a.m. Pacific time during our regular streaming time, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, but you can start donating right now and learning about the charity at kindoffunny.com slash Palestine. Thank you to our Patreon producers. Real Black quick, Jack real quick on that, on that, bless. I just want to say, it is so easy to do, literally, during the intro of the show, while you're introducing us, I donated. And it's just like, it, it's just a couple clicks, and it's done. Don't need to worry about it, and it's going to a good place. You can donate now, kindoffunny.com slash Palestine. It'll be up all week, uh, culminating in the, the stream that we're doing on Friday. Yep. yep. So definitely go check out that link again, kindoffunny.com slash Palestine. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Tom Bach. Today we're brought to you by Caviar and Credit Karma, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have four stories today. A bigger's dozen. Starting with Star Wars ass. I didn't know if I really wanted to do the do 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 today. So like, yeah, I came at it with a like a weird. You gave you gave the right energy. Okay, you gave a good chill energy. Let's start this off. Of course, story number one. We're going to talk about IGN in Palestine and everything that's been surrounding. Let's say games media in general uh, and the response to the situation is going down uh, with Palestine. Tam, of course, I mentioned before that you were kind of at the start of a series of events in games media uh, on, was it Friday? You put up a video uh, about the response and how you feel like people should be doing more. Uh, and you kind of gave a, a, a quick briefing on what is going down in Palestine. Uh, if you could, could you let us know, like, what exactly was that video? Can you catch catch us up for the people who might not be aware? Yeah, so it was a video, a kind of, I, it was something I've been thinking about for a long time, um, especially recently during the kind of last 10 days of Ramadan recently ended. and. Ramadan is a time when people fast and and you're encouraged to try and bet yourself and be reflective of the privileges that you have that others perhaps don't. Um, and this year I've been trying to make the most of that and um, as of every year and towards the end of it, there were some really horrible things that started to happen in Palestine, you know, during the most important days of the Muslim calendar, people in Palestine were suffering greater than they ever had. Um, They're being displaced. They were being killed, injured. Children are dying on in, in a time when they should be celebrating with their family. And keep in mind, like this is happening across the West Bank, Gaza, Jerusalem. And I say, I specifically mentioned Muslims there, but it's important to say that it's not just Muslims. There are Christians there. There are Jewish people there in those areas of Palestine that are also suffering. And they are, there are so many people in need from different backgrounds. And I kind of had a reckoning with myself in that I, I looked at what was happening and I looked at the response from our industry, which is an industry that I love. It's, I've given my life to it. Like I, I love video games. I love talking about video games. I love the people in video games. There are 
they are my people like they're my friends and they're my peers and they're people i respect and i also love the audience you know for all is good and it's all all is bad like we share something common and we can come together around this thing and argue over it and make memes about it and you know generally just have fun together and the most powerful thing i found was recently the big thing that has changed in the industry is it's become a genuine force for good like it's mind-blowing to see that happen we're so connected now and when the black lives matter stuff happened when the stop uh, aapi hate happened um i saw the gaming community mobilize in a way that was just it made me proud to be in the industry and it made me proud to be mm. someone who identifies as a gamer which you know there's been some ups and downs with people who've been identifying as gamers lately but that was like i was like this is amazing this is incredible and i can't believe it's happening yeah and... to, to, to echo that point right i remember last june uh during the george floyd protests how uh when donation links and all this stuff started to pop up pop up on social media i started sharing some myself and i was shocked i was shocked by the amount of support and the response that we got from our community and people donating and me retweeting and having to stop at a certain point because there's so many people that were showing up. I had never felt uh, more proud to be a part of the kind of funny community and to be part of the communities that I am, that I, uh, that I am in in general. And I think that is a good thing to point out when it comes to the voice that we can have as a community and the voice that we can have as creators with audiences and all this stuff, yeah. right? Because like a, a bit a big part of your video was essentially a. Uh, a plea to folks with audiences and folks who have reach who, uh, to folks who have who can't who can make a difference to uplift these issues so that people can see it and be aware of it uh if you want to speak more on that yeah so the, like you said like you, you saw the impact it had when you tweeted that blm thing uh, links and and it, same for the aapi stuff and for me i was like i know that this industry is capable of this there's something like some they just need a push and someone needs to say something. And there were loads of people saying things like Rami Ismail has been very vocal about it. And there's been so many people who are sharing stuff and trying to draw attention to it. And I realized that I was part of the problem because I hadn't said anything loud myself. Like I had done a couple of tweets here and there, but I knew that I, I, I haven't put myself forward and said, hey it's okay to say something about this please say something about this and i did that thinking i know that there are people that within our industry that are gonna stand up because they want to do that they just need to be they just need someone to open the door for them and say it's okay to walk through this and that's effectively what i wanted to do with that video not just to tell people hey you need to stream and you need to get behind these causes because that's not what i'm asking i'm not asking people to give us give palestine and people in need your money what i'm saying is just educate yourself because a big part of the issue is the the kind of ongoing issues that the palestinians face they're perpetuated by um a lack of understanding and a, an unwillingness of people to understand and what i said in, the, in my video was when the stuff around blm happened and the stuff around aapi happened people they took the proactive step of learning about it they sat down and read about it and they spoke to their friends like i know i reached out to people when the blm stuff was happening and i said i reached out to you blessing and yeah, you i did. was like how do i help and that's the thing that I wanted people 
to have. Like, if you can't give your money, you can't do that. Just speak to someone who can point you in the direction where you can learn about what's happening. Because what's important to happen and needs to happen is it needs to be demystified. And it also needs to be okay for people to say something. And the other part point was like the the kind of reticence to learn about it and say something, it's baked into the issue. And it's been orchestrated in a way almost to a degree for people to not want to come near it and not want to come to understand it like no one's taught about palestine no one's taught about mm -hmm. the middle east especially in the us and even the same in the uk i grew up i did history lessons on shit that doesn't matter at all like and no at the time since i've been a kid the suffering of the palestinians has been raging and doing the research is so important and because it's imp it's important because we just ignore it we've been told not to look at it and we've been conditioned to believe it's so sensitive that we can't even say anything we can't even read anything and we can't have an opinion about it because there will be issues there will yes. be repercussions and those are very real i'm not saying it's important it's important for me to say like if you choose to say something you should expect to get pushback but it's important to recognize that if you if you had the inclination and you did say something about BLM, the same risk was there. You chose to take that risk and you chose to take it for people who desperately mm -hmm. needed you. There are other people now who desperately need you and do the research and just do some. And the research is. There, there are undoubtedly complex geopolitical issues happening here. But what I'm saying is look at the humanitarian crisis that's happening simplified to its most level there's people being killed children's children are being killed families are being displaced from from their home police forces are exercising undue and disproportionate power over innocent people and that's as simple as it needs to be if you want to go further more power to you go further but try and remember there are people here that are being killed and being hurt and they need your help Yes. And that's as simple as it needs to be, really. Yeah, and I and I got to thank you, Tamor, for putting out that video on Friday, because I think that was the thing that opened up the eyes to so many people uh, on our side of the industry as far as how non-complicated uh, the, the, these issues can be. And how, like, I, I hit you up, like, right after you put, you put out the video, you know, I, t I told you about how, like, yeah, like, I've privately supported Palestine, but I've always been afraid to, like, tweet about it or say, say shit out loud. Because it's that thing of like, I don't want to put out misinformation. You know, I don't want to be the the reason why people read something and I put out a link that doesn't isn't necessarily all true, right? And and a lot of that comes back to points that you've made about how there has been uh, purposeful obfuscation in terms of how media goes about making these things confusing so that you're not able to talk about it, so that you're not able to support, so that you're not able to give a uh, 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 so that you're not able to give your money or, or give your voice or lend uh, your ears to, to certain sides of the issue. Uh, and with that, after your video, I think so many people heard that, right? So many people took that to heart. And one of the one of the the uh, teams that did take that to heart was IGN, right? Which brings us back into what makes this the number one news story on our video game news show, right? IGN put up an article uh and they uh they put up support pages for palestine and that's where i'm gonna come in to zach zweizen's article over at kotaku because they did a breakdown this weekend about how ign has taken down their article and tweets sharing palestinian aid groups the article goes like this 
Following the most recent set of violent military strikes by the Israel Defense Forces that have leveled entire buildings in Gaza and left over 180 Palestinians dead, IGN posted an article linking to a variety of Palestinian charities and even gave a Palestinian flag prominence in its masthead. Sometime soon after, all of that content, uh, along with a tweet promoting the post, was removed with no indication as to why or if it'll be republished at a later date. Shortly after the IGN post went live, IGN Israel shared a statement on social media accounts owned by IGN Israel stating that it condemned the U.S. IGN article and tweet supporting Palestinian charities. At this time, it's unknown if IGN's parent company, Ziff Davis, demanded this content be removed or if the content was, was removed for another reason. As of this writing, the post and tweet remained deleted. Another outlet that showed support for Palestine and its people was Game Informer. However, its article promoting charities was also removed. That article from Kotaku went up over the weekend. This morning, in the dead middle of night, uh, IGN, the Twitter account IGN, put out the following statement. Across IGN, our hearts are heavy as we follow the events in Israel, Palestine, and across the region. Our first thought is always for the broader IGN community, our employees, readers, and partners, and our hopes for their safety and well-being. We have a track record of supporting humanitarian efforts and charities across the globe. In the instance of our recent posts regarding how to help civilians in the Israel-Palestinian conflict, our philanthropic instincts to help those in need was not in line with our intent of trying to show support for all people impacted by tragic events. By highlighting only one population, the post mistakenly left the impression that we are politically aligned with one side. That was not our intention, and we sincerely regret the error. We do intend to continue to use our platforms and resources to aid those civilian lives impacted across the, the entire area. As part of this effort, we have made a donation to twenty-five. We, we have made a donation of twenty-five thousand dollars to Save the Children, an organ, organization that works to support children everywhere and provides emergency aid in natural disasters, war, and other conflicts. Thank you for your support and for always engaging with us. Our community is a huge part of what makes IGN special. We will continue to follow global events and look for ways to lend our support in productive, helpful ways. And this was a statement that infuri infuriated so many people including me right because it's obviously a statement that doesn't come from the editorial team of ign that uh originally put up the support pages and originally put up uh, or voiced support for palestine this is very obviously a statement that came from the top uh uh and in, in order to shut down the support that the editorial side of ign put out and then also uh continue to obfuscate the issue right talk about how they they want to support all sides of the issue and also talked about how uh, 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 the first thought was with the, the broader IGN community, their employees, readers, and partners, right? Obviously trying to save face in the face of them probably facing some talks with their partners that want to continue advertising or doing whatever it is that they want to do with IGN, which is very unfortunate. It is. All of this is, is it's disgusting, honestly. And, you know, I've been quiet here because this really isn't my place to, to say too much especially when we have people that are way more educated on me like tam and tam thank you for standing up and thank you for being a voice because you were the lightning rod that that started all of this i think and and that is so important because we need somebody to stand up because there is that fear of getting it wrong you know so many of us in the industry i know want to do the right thing but are scared to take that first step because of what blessing was talking about of maybe tweeting out the wrong link maybe not understanding this and you know it, it all it takes is that one person to to stand there and do it and then have other people 
uh, stand and support them. And then all of a sudden it's a united front. And, and we've seen it so many times in the last couple of years, which is such a beautiful thing. And again, I am so proud to be surrounded by people and so happy that we have a platform and we've turned kind of funny into what it is where we can have these discussions, even if I'm not the right person to, to be having them or whatever that may look like. Uh, but when it comes to this IGN situation, I am so proud of the editorial team at IGN for, oh, yeah. for, for doing this and having that statement, the way that they put it out on Twitter and turn off the comments. This isn't a discussion. This is a, this is, there are facts being discussed, right? Like that, that is just all that it, that's being put out there. And then GameSpot as well. And, you know, Game Informer, all of them kind of uniting because the editorial teams of these sites are people and they are people that are fighting for the right side of this, just like us, right? And um, all of this is so unfortunate that they're, they're being bullied into words being put into their mouth, uh, words that they, that are completely opposite of what they're trying to say. Uh, and, and it sucks because, you know, I, I worked at IGN for many years and there was a lot of bad people that worked there. Those people don't work there anymore. Every single person at IGN is a good person that I know, that I know there. And I, they are standing for the right thing that goes all the way up the management of IGN. So this is not them. This sucks that they are, are the targets of this, that IGN, this amazing website has to then now be dragged through the mud because of the people above them uh, making the wrong call, straight up the wrong call, then I don't, whatever the situation is, whether it's advertised at this point, we, we we're just assuming we don't know, mm -hmm. but what we do know is that this is wrong. This is disgusting. And this is erasing the actual thoughts of the editorial team that is standing for the yeah. right thing. And it's making them stand for the wrong thing. The, the team that you, that you hired to, to have an opinion and voice that opinion and have a voice, right? Like that is the team that you are shutting down in the midst of, What's going on, uh, you know, over in 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 Palestine, right? Which is a genocide, right? To like not mm -hmm. like keep to not keep things blurred. Uh, I really got to give a big shout out to the homie Yusef McGeed, who is one of the one of the smartest friends I have, right? And who's able to speak with, to this stuff with knowledge and authority. He put out a, a great thread. Uh, also, happy birthday, Yusef. Yeah, it is. Happy birthday, birthday, buddy. Yeah, Yusef's actually the one that picked out this uh, uh, jean jacket for me that I love. Uh, but he put up a thread over on Twitter, uh, distilling down like a brief history of uh the ethnic cleansing of, of palestine that i'll read through in order to cash people up into like the realities what's going on there because i think the big thing the big thing that's going to happen right when we upload this episode and people are going to respond and have comments and all that stuff is like you're going to talk about how oh this seems like it's too political to talk about in terms of in terms of having authority on it or you guys seem like this is this really the right forum for it i think a lot of that goes out the window when it is black and white right when it is an issue as as as, as pure as a a um uh a group with a high position of power coming through and wiping out a group that is just trying to exist that is just trying to survive i think all of that gets thrown out the window when it comes to people purely just being killed and murdered on the street uh and so i want to pull in this thread from the homie yusef mcgee to give you guys a short history uh to talk about why this isn't like a you know like a a, a, a weird blurred thing all right the, the thread goes like this have you ever tried to find palestine on a modern day map you likely won't be able to. Israelis have done their best to erase Palestine and Palestinians since the end of World War I. Up until 1918, the Ottoman Empire controlled Palestine, a predominantly Muslim Arab state. During World War I, the British captured the region and came out of the war with control of it, thus beginning what's known as Mandatory Palestine. While there had been Jewish immigration to Palestine before the war, at the time of the mandate in 1922, Jews only accounted for 11% of Palestine's population. Huge waves of immigration called aliyahs 
resulting from Jewish persecution in Europe, most notably during the Holocaust, brought hundreds of thousands of Jews into Palestine looking to establish an independent Jewish state. These are known as Zionists. Not only were Palestinians contending with British occupation, but they were facing a reality of losing their land, which led to the Arab Revolt in 1936. British forces and Zionist militias put an end to the revolt at the cost of many lives. 10% of adult male Palestinians were either killed, wounded, imprisoned, or exiled. 10%. The revolt ended in 1939, and World War II continued to see more Jews flee to Palestine. By the end of World War II, the Jewish population had risen to 31%. After the war, Zionists began to rebel against British control, eventually forcing Britain to end the mandate and evacuate Palestine in 1948. While Zionists wanted their own Jewish state, Palestinians refused to willingly concede their land. When the UN proposed a partitioning of Palestine between Jews and Arabs, Palestinians made it clear that partitioning the country was of no interest. With Britain evacuating, Palestine was on the verge of a power vacuum. The result was fighting between Arab and Jewish militias that ended with 250,000 Palestinians either fleeing or being, or being kicked out of their home country. This is the definition of ethnic cleansing. On the eve of Britain's evacuation, the head of the Jewish agency, a man named David Ben-Gurion, declared, declared what had always been known as Palestine as the state of Israel before the British left. Uh, Zion, before the British left, Zionists claimed the country for themselves. It's worth pointing out here, Israel, the term, the name, the nation, has only existed for about 72 years. Your grandparents probably remember a time before Israel existed. The move was seen as hostile in, in Egypt, Syria, Jordan, and Iraq decided it was unacceptable, and thus Arab, the Arab-Israeli war began. After a year, the war came to an end, and, and Jordan annexed an area of land called the West Bank, while Egypt annexed a strip known as Gaza. The UN estimates that 700,000 Pal Palestinians were driven out of the country in a year. 700,000 in one year. Oh, and by the way, West Bank and Gaza probably sound familiar to you. That's because that's where a majority of modern-day attacks by Israelis take place. That's because what few Palestinians remain reside in those two regions. The West Bank and Gaza are all that remains of Palestine, and the Israelis are coming to finish the job as you're reading this. This is just the Cliff Notes version of the history behind what you're seeing and hearing why so many people are outraged at what is happening. Palestinians are being erased. Please educate yourselves. The internet is free and ignorance is a luxury that you may be able to afford, to afford but Palestinians cannot. And I think that's kind of, that's, that's again what this all comes down to, right? Like, yeah. with, uh, go for it, Tamar. No, I was going to say, like, again, that is, that is an important history lesson for a lot of people. They won't have heard yeah. that. So the fact that it's happening right now and kind of funny is... One, just the most amazing thing, and I never thought it could happen. But two, it's an opportunity for you to dig it deeper. But if you just want to hear what, you know, if you just want to hear the, the soul of that, it's that in your lifetime, there is a nation of people that stands a very real chance of being rendered extinct. A people could be wiped off the face of the map. That is, can you believe that? Like, try and think about that. While you're alive, a group of people could be made extinct in their nation. That's all you need to know. And mm -hmm. that makes the politics and the history fall away in a lot of regards. That is the thing that you should be using to propel you forward to say something. Save these people, save those kids, save these, the, the moms and dads who are being just 
removed from their homes and being corralled into smaller and so smaller locations where military action is taking place and they have literally nowhere to go they they cannot leave they are kept there on purpose that is what you need to think about thor thank you so much for coming through and talking with us uh Again, like this is a, I, I think this is a very special and of course different episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily because it is about such a serious topic, but I think it's also a necessary one to talk about. Uh, and so we're gonna throw to ads in a second. Tomorrow, thank you so much for coming through again. Yeah. Before before we throw to ads, do you have any any final words? Yeah, before I go, I just want to give a huge shout out to everyone that has raised their voice. Kind of funny, I've said already. Um, Game Informer, Kotaku, and IGN especially. IGN to people there, um, please show them some love. They are no doubt going through a really rough time. The editorial team is good, as Tim said. They're mm -hmm. good people. And the important thing to remember, I said it before, is they did that. Like They said mm -hmm. something. And no matter what happens now, that cannot be wiped from existence. That is there. And you know, and when people see that, they see that you should show them that it was a success. Don't think of that as a failure. Don't frame that as a failure because failures are what keep people from trying. If you see someone and thinking about this, if someone is thinking about trying and they all they see is, well, this got pulled, this wasn't worth it, this is bad, they're not going to try themselves. They won't be pushed. They won't have that fuel in the engine to do themselves. If you take this moment and frame what the editorial team for IGN did as what it is, which is they put up a call for aid for an important cause on one of the biggest websites on the internet and praise them for it, that is showing that they did something and they succeeded and others can do the same. So please send them some love, send them some support. And please, if you see people raising their voice for Palestine and raising their voice for the people suffering there, lend them your support too. Hell yeah. Tam, we Thank love you. Tam. Thank you again for, uh, for joining us. Uh, if, you, if people want to go follow you, where can they check out you? Where, where can they check out your work? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tamor H. Um, and uh, I'm on Twitch as well, twitch.tv forward slash Tamor H. I'm, I, ordinarily, I wouldn't plug myself, especially in a situation like this. <laughs> I don't want to try and uh, I don't want to feel like I'm trying to benefit from it. But uh, I say that because I'm going to try and do some charity streams soon, hopefully. Um, and if you're interested, please do come and support and follow. Uh, uh, follow and uh, yep. lend me some of your time. And uh, do the same for Kind of Funny on Friday. I'll be there. Um, and I hope I can see you there too. Hell yeah. .com slash Palestine. You can go right now and mm -hmm. donate. A lot of people have. We're already at, let me check, $1,763. Let so let's keep go. that going all week, man. Let's go. Let's go. All right. See you later, everyone. See you, of man. Course, Thank you. You all can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Caviar. Loving good food doesn't necessarily mean you're able to cook well if you want a good meal but need a little help, let the restaurant come to you. Caviar can help. I do it all the time. Let's be honest. I can't cook at all, and that's fine because I have Caviar to help me. Any food that I'm looking for, they will come deliver it right to my door. It's easy. It's great. Next thing you know, I'm eating some good food. Caviar is the food delivery app for people that are into good food. They bring the best local restaurants directly 
directly to your doorstep. Other apps may have the national chains, but Caviar keeps it local. Those hidden gems in your neighborhood, they're on Caviar. And I know this well. All the local taquerias that I love so much are now at my fingertips, and they come right to my door, and it's fantastic. If you're not sure what you want to eat, you can let Caviar staff picks recommend the best spots in your neighborhood to find your new favorite. Caviar curates local options for every taste, whether it's the perfect Reuben from the sandwich shop or the best Indian vegan curry. You always have options for whatever you want, and options are always good, my friends. Uh, just for you guys out there, Caviar is offering $10 off an order of $20 or more. All you have to do is put in the offer code kind of funny at checkout. Remember, that's $10 off a purchase of $20 or more with the offer code kind of funny. Download the Caviar app and use offer code kind of funny, kind of funny. And next up, shout out to Credit Karma. Okay, Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. And who doesn't want instant gratification like that? Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. You just pay with your debit card and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Uh, Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. That's awesome. Uh, Right now, you can visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Who doesn't want to win money? Uh, Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. One more time. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Tim, isn't it, isn't it awesome? Like the friends we have in this industry. I right? know, man. Like, it's, we're friends it's, with Tamor Hussein. We're friends with Yusef McGee. We're friends with really smart, excellent people. Gives me chills, people. man. It's it, it's it's very 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 humbling. You know, yeah. like I I I know we we've we've talked a lot, and we're going to continue to talk a lot about this stuff. And uh, I'm so blessed that we have this platform to be able to do this, and for me to be able to learn. I've come so far from even 2013 when we first started Game Over Greggy Show. Like the amount of things that I've learned just talking to people, it's it's really crazy. And you know, like there's so much talk, political talk, and talks of bubbles and oh the san francisco bubble and all that stuff i've been able to meet and have conversations with people from all around the world that have truly opened my eyes to so many different perspectives um and changed my view on on so many things that i oh yeah uh, that i knew i was right about it turns out i was extremely wrong and we need to be able to grow and learn and listen and uh sometimes it's difficult to just shut up and listen uh but it's important and that is that is something that i've i've really really uh, I struggled to learn over the years, but I, I'm, I'm very happy that we got here now. And, you know, I, I want to give you a shout out as well. Like I was saying it while the ads were playing, but I'm super proud of you, man. Like you, you are using your voice uh, extremely well and you are educating yourself and you, you're very well spoken. And I, I'm very, very happy to have you on the team with us to, Thanks, man. to, to be a part of every we, conversation, whether it's the serious, important stuff like that or our story number two. Yeah. Or our story number two. I, before I even get to story number two, I want to thank you. Like I, like I've, 
KPD is something that you guys give me like complete creative freedom with, you know, when I prep it, like nobody checks in, nobody's like, oh, make sure to do this story, that story. Like I, all the shows that I host for KPD, I'm doing purely, like I organize the show purely by myself. I hit up Tam without even hitting you guys up. Right. Yeah. And like, you guys give me the freedom to do that and to do the first half of the show about the, 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 the Palestine stuff. And so thank you so much for giving me that freedom to be able to do that. And that's, you know, what kind of funny is, and that's what. Kind of Funny Games Daily, whoever's hosting is always the one that chooses the stories and comes up with the show, and it's their show. Hell yeah. Let's talk about story number two. Uh, according to Jeff Grubb, Starfield is coming in 2022 to Xbox as a console exclusive. This is from Jez Corden at Windows Central. This past weekend, we offered a report from industry heavyweight Jeff Grubb confirming the fact that Starfield is indeed exclusive to Microsoft's Xbox and Windows PC platforms. There was also a range of of new leaked screenshots purported to be from 2018, alongside whispers that Starfield could launch sooner than expected. Kind of Funny Games, Blessing Adioye Jr., and VentureBeat's Jeff Grubb have put their names to another major Starfield report detailing the game's launch window, and I think that is a hilarious sentence to include this story because all I did was talk on a podcast. It seems... (laughs) It seems that Starfield could be targeting a Q1 2022 release date, echoing similar rumors from across the net that the upcoming sci-fi RPG is closer than we might have otherwise expected. The details come from an exchange between Grubb and Adelia Jr., with Grubb confirming in a tweet prior speculation on Kind of Funny Gamescast uh, that the game was targeting a Q1 2022 launch window. Uh, So to catch us up, right, Jeff Grubb put out two tweets over the weekend. Uh, The first tweet, talking about uh starfield exclusivity uh he he tweeted starfield is exclusive to xbox and pc period this is me confirming that and then later on i think the next day uh he tweeted out at blessing jr you're right about the starfield release date so there you go never doubt me ever again everybody Never. Of course not. I love industry heavyweight Jeff Grubb. And what's funny about that is he legitimately is, you know, like he is mm-hmm. a voice that people need to listen to because when he says something, he he knows what he's talking about. And I love it. I'm Again, we were just talking about how lucky we are to have people in the industry be our friends. Jeff Grubb is a perfect example of that. He has made my life so much better since uh, he's come into it, like in the last couple of years. Um, but anyways, this this is fantastic stuff. I love you getting written, written up about yeah. Central. Oh, this is great. But you know, navel gazing aside, um, very interesting stuff. Here we go with Starfield 2022. Not surprising, you know, but I think that a lot of us were kind of talking about the potential of it being this year. Uh, but 2022 Q1 makes a lot of sense, especially given the the situation the world's in right now. Um, but the other major thing is Xbox exclusive. Again, not a surprise. I think that a lot of people um, expected that but there there is that question until it's officially confirmed from microsoft themselves there is that question of yeah what's what could this look like because microsoft um have not been fully consistent when it comes to the you, you can't you they've been consistent that's that's not the right way to put it uh but you can't put them in a box is what i'm saying it's like they they've done some uh out out of nowhere things like i would have never expected uh cuphead to come to other platforms i would have never expected and i know that that's a uh that's a different messy situation of, yeah, because yeah, yeah. a studio but i mean but even it's then it's like yeah. but but cuphead was an exclusive game for them like they yeah. paid to help develop that yeah. game i mean so, ori is another one that came and, but then platform. ori is definitely an example of i i can't believe that 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 happened right minecraft was a, a different situation because it was already that was pre-acquisition and all that stuff but um but so until it's officially official who knows but jeff grubb He's confirming it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean here, here's the thing, guys. 
he is so old. Like his, his mind's all <laughs> over the might, place. Like who knows? Like he might have been meaning to talk about another game. You know? You know what I'm saying? I'm oh just, yeah. I'm just. Here's saying, the thing. I, I want to put that I, out there. We can't I, like fully trust Jeff Grubb. No. I want to reach out and hold <laughs> Jeff Grubb's hand and call a truce. Because him tweeting out at Blessing Junior, you're right, is all I needed for me to be like, all right, you know what? <laughs> all right. Maybe he's not that old. Maybe he gets some things right every now and then. You know, putting exactly. out that I'm right. And I just want and to make to it the clear. Point... I, I say all that stuff with absolute love to Jeff Grubb. I think people, of course, whenever I say it, people get are like, whoa, Barry, you need to calm down. It's like, nah, man. Of he course. With love. Uh, I mean, Tim, to your point of Microsoft being unpredictable in terms of how, how they behave, like, I, a question I do have is like, is it going to be on Game Pass? You know, because, like, of, of course, Microsoft... Oh, Starfield? Went, Starfield, yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. think I, I, no, I would think so, I mean, they, but, like, I don't, I'm not guaranteed yet that it's going to be no, on Game Pass. No, it's guaranteed. They've said that all their first-party games are going to be on Game Pass day one. They've said yeah, but, And, like, of but, course, they can only like, go back before, on things they've said. That was before, like, they bought Bethesda, though. Oh, dude, no, no, no. I mean, here's the thing. It's like, there, we can speculate all we want, and it's fun to have the discussions. I 100% believe that... These game Bethesda games are going to be exclusive to Xbox and they're going to be on Game Pass day one. Mm-hmm. Like that it's just that makes the most sense. Anything else you can make an argument of like, well, they'd make more money this way or they'd make money that way. More is a, a word that I don't necessarily want to use. But it's like all that's true. But at the end of the day, there are systems in place. And mm-hmm. the video game industry is shifting, and Game Pass is something that is shifting it and changing how it works. Having said that, it, it's still gonna work how it used to to an extent. And, and that is going to be exclusives matter to these console makers yeah. and you know they want to have that industry dominance and they want to be part of the conversation and xbox is now more equipped to be part of that conversation uh than they've ever been with yeah the all the studios that they have and daniel hotter puts uh, uh in the chat uh brings up a good point where phil said bethesda games are where game pass lives and I, I for sure yeah and i i think like the only reason we don't see like all bethesda I'm games just, on game i'm pass just asking right the question that, like, i i think it's also going to be on game pass but I'm just I'm just putting the question out there. Like, just, yeah, could okay. there be any doubt, you know, that it, that like that it does come to Game Pass, given how big of a move that is, given how big of a game that is? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've been invaded by one Jeffy Grub Grub. Oh God, the heavyweight is here, boys! <laughs> oh my God, his voice! <laughs> what a show today! <laughs> we got all the guests. Jeff, what's up? How's it going, guys? Uh, I just wanted to come here, mostly just say, uh, Barrett, you're still dead to me. Blessing, I accept the olive branch. <laughs> Boom. Okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, I, I, it's hey, definitely on Game Pass, though. Yeah, yeah, of course. Before sure. you before you leave, Jeff, I saw I saw you uh, say something in the chat, but it went by too fast. You said you're teasing an article that you're going to write. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually just sent it into the editor. It's uh, it's about why it's not going to be on PlayStation Five, the why behind it. So yeah, Ooh, okay. I, I, I I put a tweet out there saying, hey, it's not going to. Let's talk about why. I'll get into that a little bit, and that reasoning is going to apply, I think, going forward. So when we have this conversation again about. The Elder Scrolls Six, which I I'm not confirming. I don't know that. This I'm just saying this reasoning should apply to that as well. Uh, and it'll be out here in a little bit. So yeah, th- thanks for that. Thanks Fantastic. for the chance to plug that. Where, where can guys people have check a- that out, Jeff? Gamesbeat.com. Hey, there you go. thanks, Jeff. There heavyweight out. Yep. So <laughs> I love it. Industry heavyweight. So like this is that's gonna be big for Xbox, right? Having Starfield as an exclusive, especially after having theoretically Halo Infinite come out this fall as an exclusive. Also, obviously. Uh, where are we at in terms of the Xbox exclusives race? Like, do you think, do you think having Starfield be a spring 2022 exclusive to Xbox puts Xbox where, where they need to be in terms of what their oh catalog is? Yes. Like, I, That's insane. Our, like, 
I mean, look, like, here's mm. the thing. I, I, we can, we're having the same conversation over and over and over again, and that's just how this works. And until Xbox starts releasing games, that's all we can do is have this conversation. We've been having it for over a decade. And some would argue two decades, 20 years of Xbox. And when you look back at their history, it's like there have been the huge tentpole moments of exclusive titles. But I've been having these argu- like console war arguments with my friends for decades at this point of I remember when it was Xbox versus PS2 versus GameCube of having the arguments of which has the best library, right? And mm-hmm. there was there was always the arguments even back then of like, oh, all they got is Project Motorsport, Halo, and Splinter Cell. Like that's and, and KOTOR. That's it. Whereas PS2 has all of this and Nintendo has all their first party titles, whatever. As you keep going on, then the 360 generation, they added gears to that uh repertoire, and then Forza obviously kind of uh turned changed the the game of um oh no project gotham racing was the one i was thinking about um but then now we're at this point where it's like playstation has redefined what exclusives look like and what a first party like stable uh library of franchises is in addition to third party in a way that nintendo's never even matched they have their first party but playstation has their first party and the third party they have the call of duties they have the assassin's creed every year they have that stuff right to bolster their system into to being what it is Xbox has kind of it has had its halo, it's had its gears, but those things have pittered out in different ways. Um, and and they've had their major successes. I fucking love Gears Five, right? But this is their first chance to to compete blow for blow. And having Bethesda, if if the lineup starts this fall, if we act, if Halo Infinite comes out, and if it's good, if it's good, that's the most important part of this. If Halo Infinite is fucking good, if it's great, even it has to be great. Then going into Starfield and Q1 2022, an exclusive on the system, and then that just keeps rolling, rolling, rolling on for the rest of time with their 23 studios releasing yep. exclusive games on Xbox on Game Pass day one. That is, I'm I've never been more excited for the video game industry and where consoles are at. Each one of them doing their own individual thing in a different lane that are next to each other. That's only good for gamers. We're about to get so much dope exclusive shit. Yeah, because we're talking about. Uh, the tentpole titles, right, being Halo Infinite and Starfield, but then you you look at the other titles that are going to sprinkle sprinkle around those, and you're thinking about titles like Hellblade 2, you're thinking about Psychonauts 2, you're thinking about Everwild, you're thinking about Wolfenstein 3, you're thinking about an, an eventual Indiana Jones Jones game, right? That's the one. Yeah, that's the one from uh-huh. the same, same studio. And that stuff starts to stack up in a way that looks very promising, and I cannot wait for this E3 to see what all that looks like. 100%, man. You know, something I've been thinking about a lot recently uh, is the canon of video games, right? Uh, I saw you uh, you either tweeted or were part of a tweet, I don't remember, this weekend, uh, talking about, like, uh, all the games that you are supposed to play, like, to oh, be a yeah. gamer, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, what a ridiculous concept. And there's so many different, like, qualifiers there. That's a conversation to itself. But jumping off that, it really got me thinking, like, not going back to older games, just going forward, like, what are the different canons that we have? Like what, so we have the MCU, right? We have Star Wars, the mythology of all that stuff. We have the Fast and Furious movies when it comes to these cinematic universes. What is that for video games? Like what is the PlayStation Studios canon? Mm-hmm. What games count? What games don't? And like, I know it's a silly thing to even talk about, but I, sure. I think it matters. And I think that the moment that you can look at a company and create a canon for them of things that like, hey, these are, this is the stuff that you're expected to play or you should play. And expected is a fucking stupid word. I hope you guys understand what I'm trying to say. But, yeah, with this. but I mean, it's, I think it's part of what makes 
kind of funny X cast special or PS I love you special is that exactly. when you're going into those podcasts, you're listening to them with the idea of like, Oh yeah. Like we know, we know what this podcast is talking about. We know that mm-hmm. right now on PS I love you Returnal is dominating conversation because that is part, I mean, that's part of the PlayStation Canon right now. You know, totally. like you, you, you know, you're going into that knowing that you're going to get conversations about ratchet and God of war and all that stuff. Whereas on the, on the X cast, you just got the most iconic, epi- most iconic moments episode there. And I'm not listening to the mm-hmm. episode, but you assume they're probably gonna be talking about Halo reveals and gears and all this different of stuff course. that makes sense for the platform there are the there are the games that define the platform and i think that comes back to what you're talking about yeah and uh, uh the the debo in the chat says are we gatekeeping now absolutely not that's and that's i want to stay away from that entirely that is not the point i'm making i'm, I'm making the point of there's a, a level of quality a level of understanding of what it means to be a PlayStation Studios game, to be a uh, Xbox Game Studios game, to be a Nintendo first-party game. It, it's different. There's different expectations there. And, mm-hmm. and I think that we're, we're going to start seeing that where the Xbox canon of games is going to matter just as much as Nintendo and PlayStation in a way that it hasn't ever in the past. And I, they are more than equipped to, to stand right next to them. And, and you're absolutely right. It's like, that's what makes uh, the, the ecosystems and the communities like Xcast and all that stuff around these things matter is because there's mm-hmm. something that matters there to talk about and something to discuss and care about and get invested in. And the canon doesn't mean that everyone has to play all of them. The canon just means like, these are kind of the recommended works to go from this. This happens in books. This happens in every media. I think that it just when it's easiest for us to compare it to movies because it, that's been so successful in recent years. Uh, but I talk to Gia all the time about like she reads books constantly like insane amounts of books like her goal this year is to read 100 books in a year and she's like on pace to do it i can't believe it but i ask her how do you figure out what books to read and it's so similar to video games people discuss them you find Mm -hmm. critics and people you like you follow them and they recommend things then you read them but that when you apply it to xbox and what they've been building and they've been building for a very long time and again it's time to shit or get off the pot uh, and that's, that's complicated with where we're at in the world. But I expect with these dates, if they're talking Q1 2022, bless, that's not that far away. Yeah, man. If I want to know what was coming to mom. Oh, man. I no, wish we were, we're there. Not we, there yet. we got two more news stories. So let's talk about story number three. Mario Golf got, got an overview, overview trailer uh, revealing its full roster and game modes. I'm pulling from Sam Woods at Dual Shockers. Nintendo has revealed that Mario Golf Super Rush will have an impressive roster of 16 different characters, each with their own unique skills and abilities. The roster features some of the Mushroom Kingdom's most popular characters, as well as a few wild cards that Nintendo regularly throws into the mix with these sort of games. Uh, The full roster is as follows. You got Mario, Luigi, Wario, Waluigi, Peach, Daisy, Yoshi, Bowser, Bowser Jr., Boo, Donkey Kong, Rosalina, Pauline. Oh, Pauline, that's exciting. Uh, Toad, Charging <laughs> Chuck, King, and then King Bob. Charging Chuck! My you gotta man, love Charging Chuck. Bob, man. Let's fucking go. Dude, King Bob usually doesn't get the love he deserves. Uh, you know, exactly. Charging Chuck doesn't get enough love either. Like, you gotta love a football playing turtle, right? And he charges uh, at you, he runs at you to tackle you, but sometimes he throws baseballs at you. <laughs> It's and like, sometimes that doesn't he, make sense. And like now he's he's pursuing a golf career. This is like when Michael Jordan was like, all right, I'm done with basketball. Exactly. <laughs> I'm about to play some baseball. Uh, and so there you go. While Nintendo hasn't shown off many different courses as of yet, we have a few familiar Mushroom Kingdom locales. There's a standard lush green golf course, a course based around one of the one of the many deserts seen in the Mario world, a course based on Bowser's Castle, of course, and a forest based level. One of the most exciting features of Mario Golf Super Rush is the new speed golf round. This was first teased during the Nintendo Direct, and now we've had an even better look at it. Damn, Rather Mario. than traditional golf. What was that? Motherfuckers flipping like 
Oh my busy. god, yeah. They're going all over oh the place. God, right right in bullet bills. Other bombs, dude. <laughs> oh, Waluigi. Holy gotta fuck, love dude. You gotta love it. This is gonna Rather be than traditional golf, all players tee off at the same time in a mad rush to sink their ball first. Players can earn a variety of different items and power-ups that will help them during their matches, and things are sure <laughs> to get chaotic. The new trailer also revealed tons of more exciting information. There will be a full story mode in, pl- in which players can take their Miis on a golfing journey, leveling up as they go. It looks like Nintendo's take on the Indie Gem Golf Story. Which, wasn't Golf Story a take on, like, Mario Golf? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's a funny bit. Uh, Poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> it, it, it's like uh, Uncharted. It's the new Uncharted and uh, Tomb Raider. Is, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Mario Golf and back Golf and Story. <laughs> A battle mode in which players tee off at the same time, competing to sink their ball in any of the nine immediately available holes. That looks, the, this looks awesome! With the battle first player golf? to score three winning. Oh yeah, I like, this whole trailer shocked. had me hyped. This whole trailer had me hyped, which brings us to the question, Tim, from Jordan Lee Rowan, who wrote into Patreon.com slash games and asked this. I watched the Mario Golf overview, and I'm too hyped for a game with golfing and ghost, golfing ghost and Goombas, but I can't wait. How big do you see this game getting? As with all of 2021, it's a slow year, so I think it could be huge. And honestly, I can't wait for the kind of funny Mario Golf streams. Tim, how big do you think Mario Golf gets? Ah, oh, man. I, it needs to be really good. That's going to be the difference. And Mario Tennis on Switch wasn't really good. And it yeah. kind of just it, it hit that middle ground it, it of Nintendo its Switch moment, Fair, which again, couple it weeks, was good. Yeah, and then because, weeks at best, yeah. yeah and, and it's because of, like, really the unbalanced uh, nature of a lot of, like, the online stuff that, like, people just started to filter out of, like, oh, we can, like, absolutely break a lot of this stuff and none of it feels satisfying. Like, we're going to fuck around with it a couple weeks and then, abs- like, fucking dip out like Andy and I did. Mm-hmm. And then, like, because Andy and I, I, I feel like we're, like, really into to tennis and then yeah eventually we dropped off and so yeah like i think one of the major things is that like the the multiplayer just needs to find a satisfying balance between well everything. i mean but i i think that's gonna help out a lot because online for n- multiple multiplayer nintendo games tends to be super iffy and for golf like even though there's a bunch of modes that seem way more active for the regular golf mode you don't need online connectivity connectivity between players to be perfect as long as your own shots aren't affected like as long as i can get my shot off then like you know we're pretty much good if the online isn't absolutely perfect uh whereas tennis i think suffered a lot more and other nintendo online games suffer a lot more plus i think there's the fact that golf i i think golf inherently has more longevity than a tennis game and i don't know exactly why maybe it's just the fact that golf is more relaxing or slower paced and maybe there's more there's more there in terms of what the strategy for golf can be but like i remember everybody's golf coming out and kind of funny in the community getting so much mileage off of everybody's golf. I expect a similar arc for Mario Golf. Well, when it comes down to it, tennis is just a different form of Pong when it's in video game form. And it's just like, we've done that a lot. You know, so it's like, it's the change-ups that really kind of make it stand out. And the change-ups they added to the last iteration of Mario Tennis weren't really that great. And I think that that's the biggest worry I have about Mario Golf is it's going to just add to this Mario Golf. It's going to add too much stuff and be a jack of all trades, master of none situation where more modes isn't the right answer. Good quality modes is the right answer. And I want to see what this adventure mode, story mode thing looks like because if it's going to be like the tennis one, it wasn't great. you know. And a lot of the battle modes and the stuff they're adding this, that's what I'm looking for out of a Mario Golf is like these type of uniquely Mario Golf type gameplay modes that are super fun and super interesting and going to keep people in on top of the classic Mario golf gameplay that we know and love. But is there too much? That is to me the thing that, mm-hmm. I, that I'm waiting to see. We won't have to wait long though. This game's a month out. 
Like yeah. we are in in the thick of the, these releases, and this is the first major Nintendo release in a while. Yep, this and Ratchet and Clank are coming around coming out around the same time. So we're looking for a we're looking at a hot June between that and E3. Again, I can't wait. Good times. Mm-hmm. Our last new story is story number four. Hades has been rated for PS4 in Korea. This is from Wesley Yinpool at Eurogamer. Hades looks set for release on PlayStation 4. The eagle-eyed watchers at Reset Era spotted a PS4 listing for Hades on the website of Korea's Game Rating and Ad- Administration Committee. Supergiant's superb roguelite brawler was available first on PC in early access form in December 2018, before launching proper in September on, on PC in Nintendo Switch. Supergiant has yet to make an announcement about Hades coming to more platforms, but this listing suggests a PlayStation release isn't far off, and I can't wait i'm sure we all expect it so hopefully it's here sooner than later but tim fantastic a hades release on ps4 is probably just so far away if you consider probably later this year so far away but if i want to come out to mom grab shops today where would i look the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday yeah out today we got nothing Nothing's out today, uh, but we wow. do have some new dates for you. Eterna Noctis will be released on PS4 and PS5 on December 15th. Chivalry 2 Crossplay Open Beta begins May 27th for PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X slash S. Zero Degrees will arrive on consoles May 19th for Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. And then Danganronpa V3 smartphone version is coming March 26th. Tim, of course, people can go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where they can write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it later for those who are watching on Twitch or on youtube.com slash games and listening on podcast services around the globe. And Tim, let me tell you, mm-hmm. we fucking killed it. We got no you're wrongs. Woo! Look we at that. We absolutely killed it, me and you. This week's hosts for Kind of Funny Games Daily are, on Tuesday, tomorrow, it's Greg and Khalif Adams. Wednesday, it's me and Andy. Thursday, it's Greg and Steve Saylor. And then on Friday, it's me and Greg. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike and Nick playing what, Barrett? I don't know. I'm not running this stream. That's the... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you're right. We got to play Uncharted. An hour. Yeah, I think they're possibly finally finishing Uncharted 1, which is exciting. Crazy. Oh, I know. super exciting. Stay tuned for that. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each new weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, Game Daily. Real quick, remember, kindoffunny.com slash Palestine. You can go there right now. We are currently just about $2,400. Thank you all for your support. Keep it coming. Kindoffunny.com slash Palestine.